Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on WBEN. Now, WBEN's David Bellavia. Hey, happy Sunday. Welcome to uh, Hardline. We are going to talk politics today, but first, we're going to have to talk weather because obviously, uh, if you live in the listening audience here, you are well aware that we got zonked. You know, how bad it was, uh, how much snow you got really kind of affects uh, your proximity to where you live uh, by the Lake Region. But uh, we are joined on the live line now by Lieutenant Governor of the great state of New York, Western New York native, former Congresswoman, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. Ma'am, thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, speak with us today. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me on. Okay, so I guess the, the, the main question right now is when will commercial traffic resume on state, uh, I should say on the thruway? We're having active conversations as we speak, and that'll be determined very shortly uh, in coordination with not just the Thruway Authority and the DOT and state police, but, David, we're also coordinating with Canada and, uh, and the state of Pennsylvania because they also have a ban in place. And so we want to make sure that this is coordinated. But we're very concerned about this as well. But I think what, what I want to get out there, first of all, is that what could have been a cataclysmic, life-threatening storm event really was not because the public listened to our early calls to stay off the roads, to stay inside. And I think this truck ban really went a long way to make sure that the roads were safe while they could be cleared. And the number of accidents we've had is uh, lower than normally during these events because we were very proactive. And the governor came to town yesterday and uh, met with all the experts, got their opinions, and thought that a ban uh, statewide, because this is a statewide storm event. This is not just a regional event that affects us here. There's uh, varying snow amounts all over the state, but we're not the only area being hit, which is a little bit unusual. It's kind of rare to have something of this wide scale. So it is very much under conversation right now, and uh, I would anticipate them being lifted uh, sometime later today. And just so that the audience is aware, this is really in response to previous storms that we've had where the tractor trailers and buses were on the thruway and then the storm got nasty and people ended up getting stranded. When those tractor trailers can't move, it actually creates not only an impediment to, to plowing, but also it is a danger. That is absolutely right. We, you know, we've learned from what's happened in the past. And in fact, today is the 29th anniversary of the blizzard of 1985 when uh, Jimmy Griffin called on people to stay home with their six-pack and watch football. <laughs> a lot of football games this afternoon that we're excited about. Uh, so I think what we learned from the lessons that when you have these, these tractor trailers on the roads or buses on the roads, you're creating a more dangerous situation because they are vulnerable to hijacking, uh, being hij- uh, jackknifing. And when they are jackknifed, they can block recovery. You get That's when you get the situation where people are sitting literally freezing in their cars. We can't get to them. So we've seen this, this show play out before, and we took every step we could to prevent it from happening. And, in fact, if you look at the, the accidents that occurred in this region from here over to Rochester, the only situation that was difficult and uh, was quite bad over the last 24 hours was when there were still some trucks on the road, 
who did not follow the ban, or they may have already been at a three-way stop perhaps, but after the ban was put in place, they were still on the road. They jackknifed, went down a ravine, and had a hazmat situation. So so this is not uh, just speculation. It is the reality that when these trucks are on the road under these weather conditions, when it's icy and blowing and there's whiteouts, uh, it is safer for everyone involved for them to just slow it down, uh, get off the roads so we can get do our jobs, and that's what happened in, in most areas quite successfully this time. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul joins us. You know, when, when you uh, is, is there a process that after a storm like this where the administration of, of uh, the governor's administration gets together and they do an after actions review because there is noticeable changes from previous storms. Uh, you know, is it a, a, a two week span where you all get together and say, you know what, this didn't work. We should have dropped. Maybe we should have closed the throughway uh, earlier and, and not allowed the traffic from Pennsylvania to come through. Because when you talk about, you know, the throughway, we do have to consider our neighbors. You can't just make a unilateral decision in New York. Uh, if folks are coming from another section of the country into New York, they might not be aware that New York has has uh, closed the throughway and, and uh, other things like that. Absolutely. And in fact, those conversations go on while the event is you know, underway, even, you know, not just afterward. But, you know, and those conversations 100 percent do occur. But I recall being Erie County clerk, very concerned about the motorists when we had a an incredibly dangerous storm where people were trapped in their cars for days, uh, December of 2007, I believe it was, and uh, or maybe 2000, it was a little bit later, 2010. And that time, we learned a lot of lessons. And I remember being a local official saying, you know, why aren't, why aren't things being done differently? And now we have the gates that prevent people from being able to get on when there is a closing. Because what we found is we could declare the throughway unsafe for travel to be closed to all drivers. And people are still getting on and still getting trapped in their vehicles. And really that puts the emergency personnel at risk as well. And we have to think about the overall picture. And, you know, is it really that essential that you continue driving to your child's practice or whatever reason you're on the road when you're putting yourself and your family in danger? So we've come a long way in terms of being more proactive. We also have been monitoring the weather in, in addition to the publicized weather reports we have different points where we're gathering weather data so we can give the best predictions available. And I think that's what also happened here as well. We anticipated based on real-time data. We knew it was coming. We prepared. But, of course, we'll always analyze afterward the impacts. And one thing, again, as a former local elected official in the town of Hamburg, which always gets hit hard with snow, uh, I appreciate the fact that we have regular calls with the elected officials the highway superintendents, and all the personnel in great coordination with the counties to find out what their needs are. For example, uh, the mayor of Dunker called and wanted some extra assistance with the DOT plows uh, covering the streets there because trucks were being diverted through their community because of our ban, and we wanted to be, ex you know, we, we kind of allowed some space in, in the rules and, and let the, our plows take care of their streets during this short-term emergency. So I think the coordination is is unparalleled compared to what I remember in years past when I was working with my local town uh, at a county level. I didn't see this kind of work, and now it's been really a lot of uh, best practices are now in place. But when you have experts at the Thruway Authority, the DOT, State Police, National Guard, uh, working with our counties as well, uh, people are really know what they're doing. We've been through this before, and I'm happy to say that this one thus far, you know, at least with respect to the snow event, has been a success. But I want to also reiterate this this situation, this dangerous situation, has not passed yet. It is the cold, the silent killer, 
hypothermia. Someone is out there thinking they can be taking their dog for a walk or they can be out there shoveling, and all of a sudden they start shivering and you get confusion and disorientation and little memory loss. And all of a sudden, like, you, are, you don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know have enough sense to come in anymore. So you just have to say, I will be out there for the briefest amount of time for the next 24 hours. Uh, keep your kids indoors. Do whatever you can to keep the pets indoors. Check on your neighbors, which is something we're so good about doing. I mean, this has always been known as uh, the city and the area of good neighbors, and this is a time when, when people need extra help. So uh, I think I don't want to declare a complete success. I would say last night was a success, but we need to get through the next 24, 36 hours when these incredibly extreme colds are going to be hitting our area, something that we're not used to. It has not been this cold in, in perhaps 20 years. So we need to be attuned to the fact that while you may not have a blizzard condition, and you may say, well, I can go outside and go shopping, it looks fine, you could be putting yourself and others in danger. Yeah, that's an excellent point when you talk about the uh, frigid temperature. We think of homeless. We think of our elderly population that goes out there. But uh, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul joins us. you got to admit, though, in your most honest moments, when you talk to these downstate New York City uh, folks that, that work in the Cuomo administration, when they start talking about bad weather, I mean, you know, you're from Hamburg. You know, I mean, come on. This, this, there's bad weather, and then there's Buffalo bad weather, you know, we're, uh, we've got an extra layer of skin. I mean, we're, we're a different breed of folk. We can handle this stuff. We are tough. We are resilient. And I think that actually has prepared me for my life as a statewide office holder. You have to be tough. got to be tough. Buddy, coming out of Buffalo, you are by nature tough. You've got strong character, but also a kind heart because we are hardwired to help take care of other people in our community, particularly in these times of need. And I, and I so appreciate the fact that there are warming centers open, uh, Code Blue is in place. But you know, if anybody's got some extra food or some winter coats or some gloves, they can t- make sure that you know, there's others among us who need help as well. So I think a generosity of spirit is also one of the great traits coming out of Western New York. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Oakle, anything else you want to add? No, but thank you for the keeping the coverage. And everybody, stay inside, get your six-pack, and watch football. It was 29 years ago today when the immortal words were the advice from our mayor, Jimmy Griffin, came out, and uh, they, they are just as true today as they were back then. You got it. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right. That's Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul joining us, talking about the weather. Uh, you know, again, it, it's cold. Without a doubt, those wind chills are, are something you want to be uh, aware of. The driving advi- well, driving bans, I guess, in uh, looks like Niagara, uh, Niagara Falls and some areas of Niagara County. You know, that lake effect that came off Ontario uh, really affected folks in Ontario, a little bit of Genesee. Most of the roads uh, look like everyone's doing their job, and, and kudos to all of our folks out there that, you know, probably didn't get a lot of sleep last night. You know, the, the throughway looks great. Now, in front of the toll area, the Williamsville toll booth, it is, you know, you, you got to understand those uh, those plows turn around and there's a little bit of slush. So if you're using Easy Pass or you're going through the tolls, you want to be careful that you, uh, you don't get stuck. I saw a few uh, cars that were having some issues going through that slush. But for the most part, the 290, you know, maybe that could use uh, another uh, round of, of plows. But for the most part, everything is passable, drivable. You do want to be safe. You want to keep your distance, all that good stuff. But again, if you've got an elderly neighbor out there that's out there with a, a shovel, obviously you want to do the buffalo thing and help them out. Your animals, your pets, you want to bring them in, make sure they're warm. And uh, God forbid uh, there's a, a person out there without a place to stay. You know, there's plenty of, of shelters and opportunities, even though the churches are closed. You know, it's not just a government solution. There's a lot of, 
you know, civic organizations out there with warming centers and places to get food. Today and tonight, going into tomorrow, uh, those are the times we really want to, you know, reach out to those people that could be most affected that are outside. Uh, so bundle up. Not, but I'll tell you, we really lucked out when the storm hit. It hit on a, you know, Saturday night into a Sunday. We've got the uh, Dr. Uh, King holiday on Monday, so the schools won't be affected. But the fact that it happened when it happened, we're really fortunate. If this happens midweek, you know, at drive time, like that last storm uh, a couple of years back, that was a horrible, you know, just a, a perfect storm with traffic and commuting, and it was a nightmare for a lot of people. I think the state learned a lot of lessons. They're erring on the side of caution. Get the tractor trailers off the thruway. Get the buses off the thruway. Hopefully that'll open up. I think I think it's, I mean, who am I? But I, I believe tractor trailers can get back on the thruway now. Uh, but, again, we heard from Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. They will be making that decision in the next couple hours, whether or not to allow commercial traffic back on the main thoroughfares in western New York. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll have politics on Hardline. We're going to talk to uh, a couple national experts and talk about this uh, speech that Donald Trump gave yesterday. Odd that a Saturday address to the nation occurred, uh, but we'll talk about the deal he's making with the Democrats and so much more. It's Hardline. Welcome back to Hardline. Just heard from Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. So let me get this right. We had Mayor Byron Brown from the city of Buffalo in studio. That went well. Showed him respect. We had the parking uh, commissioner of the city of Buffalo. Very good conversation. Showed him uh, respect. We had uh, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul in here. And again, that was not meant to be a political interview. That was meant to be an update on the weather. But again, we have reached out. Uh, we're going to have Senator Tim Kennedy in here very soon. We're going to have Representative Higgins in here very soon. And we will show them the respect because that's what honorable people do. We will challenge you on issues. We will ask clear questions. But there's no ambush here. And, and I, I bring this up only to underline and highlight and circle how absolutely shameful. I'm, I'm, I don't even know what to say. We've asked Mark Polnikar's county, Erie County executive to come on this program to sit down, back up his, his Twitter rants, and talk about these issues that he has no problem tweeting. But every time, no interest in doing that. Zero interest in debating anything. No one's going to ambush you. Sit down, look me, talk about the issues. Talk about where, how do you get from point A to point B? You're t I'd like to ask about the mall in Chictawaga, some of those statements. I'd like to find out, you know, what where he's getting his statistics on fentanyl being smuggled in through China, having nothing to do with the border, DEA, Border Patrol, Democrat. The Democratic Party is admitting that walls work. I mean, where... where Defend yourself. Defend your point of view. What are you afraid of? I mean, again, I'm, I'm not carrying water for Lynn Dixon or any Republican in Erie County. I mean, we know what the voter registration level is and, and, and the way it works in Erie County. I'm taking a, a swing at you as county executive. I want to know if you can defend any of the things that you put on your Twitter account. And I'd like to talk about your Twitter account. Is that an official Twitter account of Erie County? Is that just your own personal, you know, opinions and, and points of view? I don't understand what you're afraid of. I've never seen a political official so scared of coming on what is, listen, you can disagree with the, with the point of view of some of the talkers on News Radio 930, 
WBEN, but you can't take a swing at, at the effectiveness. This is the number one source of talk in the entire region. We have Canadians listening to this. People in Rochester, people from all over the country on the Radio.com app hear WBEN. If you're the county executive of the largest populated area, which is the central focus of Western New York, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to come onto a show. I'll give you two hours. I'll give you the questions before you come in. I mean, I'm an honorable person. I will never, ever, I'll give you my word and I will stick to it. It's the compass I live by. You can see the questions beforehand, Mark Polencars. There will be no ambush questions. Just please, you know, you're not doing anything today. You're, you're posing in front of pink flamingos on Twitter. By the way, I did find it odd that Mark Polencar is in a press conference. Uh, a really, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but he was wearing uh, that yellow jacket. And I, I thought that was just a, a little, you know, head nod to the folks that are protesting President Macron. Is it, was, that, was that a comment about the fuel tax in Europe or was that just a yellow, fluorescent yellow jacket that he was wearing? Oh, come on. Just come sit down and talk about these issues. I want to talk about the wall. I want to talk about Erie County. I want to talk about all the things that you're, you, you claim progressive uh, politics are what's carrying the county. Defend it. Defend it. I, I think that is the honorable thing to do as an elected official, to hear the other side and defend it. Otherwise, you're just, you know, what are you? You got a bully pulpit and you just want to you want to legislate and, and uh, be a county executive for only progressives, only liberals? That's the only thing you care about. It, it, you don't, you're still the county executive for conservatives and for Republicans and pro-gun people and pro-lifers. And I just think there's a dignity in elect, elected office that means that, you know, you should probably sit down and, and defend it. If you have nothing to be afraid of, if your side is right, if you are more evolved than we are, then back up your intellectual uh, arrogance and, and defend your point of view. I, I really am just, I've never seen anything like this. Brian Higgins is not afraid. Mayor Brown isn't afraid. The parking commissioner, who everyone was putting on a, 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 you know, he was essentially the most wanted man in Buffalo, came here, sat down for two hours, defended what's going on with parking in the city of Buffalo. We left, we shook hands, and you know what? There were some points he was right about, and, and, and I admit that. He changed my mind as a—he's a Democrat. He's more liberal than I'll ever dream to be, and he was right about some things when it came to parking. You know, we just heard from Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. That was not a political interview, but could I have zonked her? Could I have you know, thrown in a kidney punch and asked her about uh, the governor's progress? Well, are you going to run for Congress? Are you going to—yeah, I could have. But that wouldn't have been an honorable thing to do. So what we want to do is have an honorable debate. Defend your point of view. What are you afraid of, Mark Polnikars? We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll have Dr. Mark Epstein here to talk about Trump's big speech and the deal that we're making uh, right now. Are we going to have a government shutdown? What's the deal? If you're a Republican, you can call 803-0930. If you're a Democrat, you can call 644-9875. Two lines. Republicans, 803-0930. Democrats, 644-9875. We're talking about Trump and whether or not we're going to have an agreement here to stop the shutdown. But first, Alan Harris has some news. We'll be back after this quick break. 
Welcome back to Hardline. I want to play a little bit of audio before we uh, introduce our next guest. You can talk to Dr. Mark Epstein. Uh, you can read him at the uh, New England Journal. You can also uh, check him out. Uh, some of his uh, pieces actually we put on our uh, WB, our Facebook page, Bowerly and Bellavia. And you've heard him, of course, on Bowerly and Bellavia. He's been on Fox News. He's been everywhere. He's actually an expert in education, but I think he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And he's right down the middle, my friends, right down the middle. I want to play some audio if I could. Could you play that little piece? Um, actually, you know what? We're going to hold that for him. If you want to talk to Dr. Mark Epstein, if you're a Republican, if you're right of center, you're going to call 803-0930. If you're left of center, if you're a progressive, you're going to call 644-9875. Those are the two numbers. We're going to put you in two little camps. And the idea here is not to win a debate. It's to discuss. It's to evolve. It's to find out how do you get to where you are. It's not just I'm against the border wall. Why? How do you get there? I'm for the border wall. How? Why? That's what Hardline is all about. That's what we're trying to do. Dr. Mark Epstein joins me. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. All right. I want to talk to you first and foremost about this speech the President of the United States gave yesterday. He basically went out and knocked out every single box, $800 million dollars, for uh, what he considers humanitarian relief, another $805 million for drug interdiction technology, 75 new immigration judges. Uh, he now wants a three-year uh, amnesty period for DACA recipients so that the House and the Senate can get together and actually come up with a solution for the Dreamers and people that are on uh, temporary uh, visas right now that are going to be deported those uh, temporary folks from Honduras and other areas waiting for their their uh, basically those guys would be set to be deported. He's giving them a three year uh, wait as well. This is pretty much everything the Democratic Party has asked for. He just wants 225 miles of wall fencing, whatever you want to call it. Democrats said no deal. What did you think? I think the Democrats have. Uh gotten themselves into a very bad place because essentially um, the whole thrust of the party has been to uh, delegitimize the Trump presidency and get rid of him. And uh, that, that never gives you a kind of nego negotiating space. It just doesn't uh, give you any kind of room if you consider his uh, presidency to be illegitimate and that he has to be removed. You know, we saw the hysteria with the response to that BuzzFeed article, which then got repudiated by the uh, special counsel's office. So they're not in a very good place, and they have a whole uh, raft of new um, uh, representatives who are, who are lurching the party even further left. That's the situation. Well, Dr. Mark Epstein, uh, you know, here's the thing. If you were to make the argument that Again, I could play you audio of just a montage of every elected official in the 114th Congress, 115th, and now the 116th Congress that screamed and clamored about these dreamers. It was all about these dreamers. Schumer, in, in just last Congress, 
Schumer put together a deal that he knew wasn't going to see the any was never going to get to the president's desk where he threw a last second thing in there to to basically make all these dreamer citizens. How could you make the argument that it was all about the dreamers? That's what this entire thing was about was before we tackle legal immigration, we have to talk about the dreamers. And again, this seems to be. And just absolutely, we if you're a dreamer, no one cares about you. Well, look, they, they've put themselves into the position where there's no sense of any past. There isn't even a, it's only the now. So you bring up the past, you bring up prior proposals, you bring up votes that they made in favor of border security. It Existentially, it doesn't exist for them. They're, they're only living in a now, and that, that's a very dangerous place to be because it means that you're resting really on nothing. And that's just where the Democrats have uh, put themselves. Uh, it, 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 there's a very bad dynamic at work. You know, I taught in a school uh, for a while in Queens, New York, where it was just for newcomers. And, and the number of uh, adolescent females who were pregnant and not married was enormous. Why? Because they all believe that if they had a child in the United States, there's no way they would be deported. You have to ask yourself down the line, what's, what's the end product here? You know, single mothers at the age of 16, 17 years old, no stable family, nothing. So uh, th- there are all sorts of implications uh, to the failure of this government on both sides to come to any kind of rational uh, immigration policy. That's it. Well, if if the Democrats decide to punt, which it, uh, they've already said this is dead on arrival, we had a really bad. I mean, Pelosi had a really bad week. She got caught in in the really, which was a a really stupid lie to to mention the whole trip to Afghanistan. She went and and you know, there's only one flight commercially into Kandahar, and and they booked it. And the State Department said it's probably a bad idea to do that. Uh, but then you know she turned that on the president. It was a whole back and forth about. You know, uh, tit for tat, you cancel the State of the Union, you can't go to Afghanistan. Now we get to the point where if you're going to make the argument that the other side isn't giving, it appears that what Trump is putting on the table is part of a negotiation. But the other side is saying we don't want it. If you boil this down from a political strategy, Trump now has the political capital to say, "Okay, all the dreamers get deported now. He does. I don't think he's going to do that. But the question then becomes, well, then how do you bring the Democrats to the table? And there could be other dynamics going on. You know, in the Senate, for example, the Democrats have bottled up a whole slew of appointments to the judiciary, cabinet, sub-cabinet positions. I mean, really a lot in an unprecedented manner. And so what you might see happening from another direction is uh, McConnell exercising the nuclear option on these uh, nuclear. It's not really nuclear. It's really going back to a Senate, the way the Senate used to operate, let's say, before 1850, where you would have a rules change in the majority. Uh, you have a simple majority, and you would dispense with uh, the, uh, the, the kind of filibuster they have now, which, by the way, is not a real filibuster. That is, they, 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 they don't even have to get up and speak to, to bottle something up. I suspect if McConnell did something like that, that, that may force the Democrats to the table 
on a whole bunch of issues. Wow, there's a anytime we're we're going back to the uh, 19th century, uh, you know, th- th- this is you know again that filibuster point you you bring up is brilliant because you know in the old days at least it took effort to have a filibuster. You had to stand up for 36 hours or do whatever you wanted to, and now you know it, it seems like that's not even a legitimate filibuster. Dr. Mark Epstein joins us. We're going to go to a break. We come back. If you are left of center, if you're a Democrat, you can call 644-9875. If you're a Republican, you can call 803-0930, and then we'll go back and forth. You'll have a chance to make your point. And again, what we're trying to get to is how do you get to your point of view, not so much what your point of view is. It's far too easy to just say, I'm against, I'm for. I want to know how you get there. Dr. Mark Epstein joins us. It's Hardline. We'll be back right after this quick break. Welcome back to Hardline. We are going to take some calls with Dr. Mark Epstein. He is the biggest brain I know. And uh, we share him with the uh, WBN audience. He used to work here in Western New York, lived here in Western New York for over a decade. Uh, now is downstate, but you've seen him on Fox News. You've heard him on Bowerly and Bellavia. And, you know, again, it's it's not about tripping anyone up. It's not about your idea is your point of view is wrong. My point of view is right. It's about how do you get to where you are? We have to get out of this mindset that we're, we're, we're in little tribes here. We have to get to a point in this country where we can discuss things like rational adults, but you have to defend how you get to your point of view. We can't just be emotional. You have to be ex- at least to the point where you can explain how you get there. I think Dr. Epstein is one of the best at doing that because, quite frankly, well, he's got a Ph.D., multiple master's degrees, but also it's because he's an educator. And this is all about education. How do you get there? Let's go to the phones on the Democratic line. Let's go to Tony and Clarence. Tony, you're on hard line uh, with Dr. Mark Epstein. Go ahead, sir. Yes, if I say anything that has already been said, I I was out trying to help a neighbor shovel out of the driveway, so I just got in the house. So, Well, you already get a gold star just for doing that. Congratulations. Good good work. I just, well, thank you. First of all, President Obama had issued an executive order that, that protected DACA children, okay? The, first, the second thing that President Trump did when he came into office was to, to take away that executive order, to cancel it. So, therefore, he is now in his proposal trying to give something with three years to dock up children and that makes no sense you took something away and now you want to get something back and my second point is this all persons the 14th amendment i'm basing it on the constitution all persons born or naturalized in the united states and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the united states and the state wherein they reside so this contention that people come with their babies, they want to just have babies, that, that's in the Constitution. I haven't heard anybody trying to take and propose a new amendment taking that away. So those all right, so Tony, let's just take your points in order here. First of all, your understanding of DACA is that these kids are born in the United States? No, these children were brought by their parents to the United States. So, okay, so under the 14th Amendment, that doesn't hold up. 
That's right. Okay. Born here. They were born in another country. They right. were brought here without without their knowledge or consent. Right. Okay. But but at the same point, all right. Th- that's that's totally. We'll go with that. Let, let's go down this trail now. You're saying that uh, Obama had an executive order, so this this should have been a congressional act. That that there was an executive order that superseded that. Trump, in his authority, had an executive order to supersede the previous executive order. And now Trump is basically saying, here's three years for the 116th Congress to basically pass something to decide what to do with DACA. One thing you should understand, as I agree with you, uh, there was one point you should really understand, and I'd like to ask Dr. Epstein. How many actually uh, are uh, undocumented uh, immigrants to this country do we have now? How many of these DACA children are still out there in limbo? I heard the other day that one of them was working at the store, and the ICE people came and deported that person. All right, Tony, let me ask Dr. Epstein that. Thank you so much for being patient, and thank you for helping your neighbor, Tony. Uh, Dr. Epstein, what do you think about that? Okay, a couple of things. Number one, the the 14th Amendment issue is a... uh, a very open question because it, this was uh, the uh, the Civil War amendments that that had to do with guaranteeing the citizenship of people who had been in the category of slaves, American blacks, and so there are serious arguments that say that this uh, amendment regarding anyone who happens to be born in the United States being a citizen automatically may not apply. It's arguable. There are two different there are a few different sides to this question, and it may at some point get resolved uh, at the Supreme Court. In terms of the numbers of people who are here, well, the United States is like a sieve. So we really don't have a very accurate count of people who are here illegally, even those who have come here with legal visas and have just overstayed their um, their stay in the country. And uh, in addition to that, we've just had a... A, a ruling out of the uh, second, uh, you know, second circuit of New York, a, a district uh, judge ruled. Uh, I think Furman is the name, saying that you can't even ask the citizen question if you are a citizen on the United States uh, forthcoming census. So the census, of course, the purpose of it was to determine the number of citizens uh, in order to have proper apportion, apportionment. As you know, we read jiggle our our congressional districts based on the census because people move in the United States. Uh, New York is losing congressional districts. Um, So all of these things are just very up in the air, very controversial. And the fact that uh, President Trump rolled back an executive decision that had really, uh, in in many people's minds, uh, been an unconstitutional act by President Obama circumventing the legislative process, it just gets us back to where we started from, really. Excellent uh, point of view. 644-9875 if you're a Democrat, left of center. 803-0930 if you're a Republican. Let's go to the Republican line and talk to Neil in Orchard Park. Neil, you're on with Dr. Mark Epstein. Good morning, Dr. Epstein and, uh, and uh, David. Why do the liberal Democrats only use the Constitution when it works for them? Okay, we had an ex-president say, said that it's only a piece of paper. You know, uh, without the Constitution, it would be anarchy, David and uh, Doctor. Excellent question. Uh, thank you, Neil. Uh, we will go to Dr. Epstein to answer that. What do you think, Dr. Epstein? 
Well, I, you know, I think, let's say going back to the, uh, the election of Woodrow Wilson, right, uh, when he ran against Taft and Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt, of course, uh, ran as a bull moose progressive, extremely radical. There are people who argue that it was really Teddy, uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt who lurched the entire uh, political discussion very far to the left in that election. And the progressive agenda was essentially to make the uh, Constitution moot. That is to say, Roosevelt was in favor of plebiscitory democracy where you would have plebiscites nationwide, people would vote on the issue, and then the ex experts would carry out uh, what the policy was going to be, really dispensing with federalism. That is, state and local uh, uh, governments were considered to be archaic. They were, they were part of the original arrangement. They were no longer uh, very, very useful in, in, in the modern state. And you've seen the impetus to minimize uh, uh, federalism and government, state government and local government as an ongoing quest of the progressives in this country. For example, the direct election of senators, right? That was a progressive act because state legislatures used to decide who the senator would be. And in the, in, let's say when Lincoln ran against Douglas and lost, Lincoln actually had the popular vote, and he lost because there were, there were more Democrat districts that won in the state of Illinois, so they picked Douglas. That eliminated an element of federalism, and there's been an ongoing push to do that. You, you have Beto Rourke just recently voiced those sentiments. You know, the Constitution is superfluous, it's old, it's outdated, get rid of the Electoral College, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. So th this is basically the thrust of progressives, and it has been for over a century. Anytime Dr. Epstein brings up Woodrow Wilson, it is a classic moment on Buffalo Radio. We're joined with Dr. Mark Epstein. If you are left of center, we're asking you to call 644-9875. John and Drew, stay on hold on the Democratic line. We'll get to you. And Bob, Ann, and Ed at 803-0930. You're on the Republican line. We've got a full bank of calls. One spot open on the Democratic line. One spot open on the Republican line if you want to call in. 803-0930 if you're a Republican. 644-9875 if you're a Democrat. We've got Dr. Mark Epstein. We're talking about Trump and the uh, the deal to end the lockdown, the shutdown, uh, how you uh, stand on the wall, how do you stand on the deal to allow three years for Congress to really do its job with the DACA, the Dreamers, uh, and uh, some of the other uh, proposals that Trump put out there yesterday. Want to hear from you. And again, don't care about your point of view. How do you get to your point of view? That's what Hardline is all about, how you get there. How you get there. We're going to take a break. We're going to get right back to your call. Stay on hold, Dems and Republicans. We'll be back with Dr. Mark Epstein after this quick break. Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Com. 